0: So, Connor, this recent reporting trip you were on set the scene for me.
1: So, I went on a reporting trip to Burnley um, in Lancashire, which is this kind of tiny little mill town in England.
0: Connor O'Halloran is a UK based reporter for ESPN.
1: Burnley's slightly north of Manchester. Population's about 80,000, uh, slightly west of Leeds, but it's a charming little sort of quaint English town. Think of old stone buildings. Think of little shops or you guys put in stores. Uh, Think of bakeries and old dark pubs. The people there are friendly. People will come up to you if they don't know you and say, how are you, how are you doing? Can they help? It's the kind of place that I think Americans maybe picture when they picture England that's maybe outside of London.
0: You said that they're hardworking people. They're very friendly people. What do they like to do for fun?
1: So for 140 years, uh, the people of Burnley have come out on Saturday afternoons to watch their local team, Burnley FC. It was one of the founding teams of the English Football League. It uh, has won the English Football League twice in 1921 and 1960. It's one of the oldest teams in the country um, and it's defined by this town that it's in, this tough, hardworking, gritty kind of town.
0: Yeah, it's it's classic English football here, but this isn't a global brand like a Manchester United or a Liverpool or the team that I support, Chelsea. I'm sure you have some judgments there. Uh, Burnley just got promoted back to EPL last year. So, Connor, what were you doing visiting?
1: I was visiting because uh, of someone on your side, um, an American football star. Uh, (laughs) An American football star is joining the local club. Uh, That star is JJ Watt.
2: is retiring from retirement
3: j.j watt throwing out that joke today before announcing he's investing in an english soccer team j.j watt and he's making the move from american to english
2: football buying the burnley football club my wife and i are investing in burnley football club over in england Uh, headed back up to the premier league this year and very very excited about it we've been looking for the right opportunity and we've been waiting because i know that once i got it i wanted to go all in and Burnley, the town, Burnley, the club, the ownership group, everything about it was the right fit.
1: JJ and his wife, Kelia, who played pro soccer in the NWSL, uh, they've joined as minority investors uh, in Burnley. And they're going to bring their own sort of kind of American charm uh, and their own personalities to the club and hopefully help them stay in the Premier League.
0: So when you find out that JJ is getting involved with Burnley, what are some of the biggest questions you want answered?
1: I think the one question most people wanted answered is why? Why Burnley? Why English Soccer? And what do you want out of this? I spoke to them uh, recently and they told me that uh, that was the number one question fans had for them. And they had many answers.
0: Stop me if you've heard this one. American football icon travels across the Atlantic to inspire a small market English football club, and in the process, falls in love with the people and community. No, this is not the plot of Ted Lasso season four. This is the story of J.J. Watt and Burnley FC. The future NFL Hall of Famer is now a minority owner of Burnley, the smallest town currently in the English Premier League. And Watt is hardly the only American looking to get a piece of English soccer. So today, ESPN's Connor O'Halloran helps us understand why buying football franchises is so in vogue. And what it says about the future of the sport on both sides of the Atlantic. I'm Emily Kaplan. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. This is ESPN Daily.
3: Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: So, Connor, J.J. Watt is a pretty recognizable American sports figure. I think most of our listeners could probably give you at least one detail about him, such as he is from the state of Wisconsin, or it was his job to hit NFL quarterbacks for many years. But like me, I'm guessing most of our listeners don't really know of Burnley. So introduce us to the city. What makes it unique and how does the soccer slash football club fit into the fabric?
1: Well, I think what makes it unique is just how old it is. It's a centuries-old mill town. It's definitely not the big industry there. Um, That was part of the sort of industrial revolution, the kind of thing that built this town. But uh, from the 60s or 70s, that started to recede away. There's only one old mill left in Burnley now, it's the Queen Street Mill. Um, it's the last surviving mill of its kind in the world. But it's a, now it's a working-class town for a sort of working-class well hard-working people. It's tough, it's gritty, it's long-standing. Uh, and the same can be said for its football team. Uh, it's 140 years old. It's one of the founding 12 clubs in the English Football League. And the people there like to, like to boast about that. The team used to be uh, in the first division or the Premier League. It's been in and out of that league really, but last year it spent some time in the championship. Only last year they got promoted and they're back in the Premier League now. But the question for Burnley is, can they stay there? And the, the club is really at the heart of its community. The fact that it has a Premier League sized football club think of like a pro sports team in america to have that in this tiny town it really really is a massive impact on the people there
0: now that they're back in premier league what type of shape are they in like who's managing them who are some of their star players what type of budget do they operate on in comparison to some of the other clubs in their league
1: well like i say burnley's a small town and that brings plenty of challenges Think of the biggest clubs in the league, Manchester United, Man City, Emily, your Chelsea.
0: Yes, my Chelsea.
1: Your Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal. Think of these, these biggest clubs in the league. They all play in big cities, London, Manchester, Liverpool, and they were have big fan bases. Well, Burnley doesn't quite have that. It's a small town, they work on a small budget. Their manager is Vincent Kompany, who is uh, a legend in the Premier League. But when he arrived at Burnley last year in the Championship, he didn't come with the pedigree of an, an incredible manager. He had a f- couple of decent seasons at Anderlecht in Belgium. But he arrived with this sort of grand ambition of playing great football in Burnley, uh, and it paid off. They won the championship yeah, with 101 points.
3: Almost 12 months on from the turf, more tears. The Burnley wounds have healed. The greatest, richest league on the planet welcomes them home one of English football's grand old clubs will stand amongst giants
1: again. That returns them to the Premier League. But like I said, they still have a small budget. They're still in a small town. They still have small support. Maybe that's where JJ and Keely Watt come in.
0: Okay, yes. Yeah, so now from stage right comes JJ Watt. And putting aside the details for a moment, like just on first blush, when you, Connor, first heard that an American football star was investing in this historic yet small club, what was your opinion?
1: Well, strangely, it's not that novel anymore. Um, Increasingly, over the last few years, we've had, here in British soccer, American celebrities or ex-athletes investing in these clubs. You've got uh, Wrexham, as everyone knows. got Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, who became majority owners there. uh, And that incredible story of them returning to the Football League. Champions! Wrexham are promoted!
0: You've just seen tens and thousands of
3: dreams come true.
1: Their Football League exile is over long years. Got uh, Liverpool, who have LeBron James as a minority investor. If anyone doesn't know that,
2: I read about the the, the franchise and and, and how uh, amazing it is, um, you know. And I actually made a trip over, uh, you know, to Liverpool as well
1: and and, and see all the sights and in, in the arena and, and everything. Um, so it was pretty pretty unique. Leeds United, even this summer, you've had Russell Westbrook. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, all join as minority investors. Uh, And then earlier this month, we had Tom Brady uh, join at Birmingham. Tom Brady was at St. Andrews to watch his side beat Leeds this afternoon.
2: Well, I've had a lot of allegiances over the years. So uh, yeah, you bet with your heart, you bet
1: with your mind, and it's exciting to be a part of this. And, you know, seeing the support here, I think uh, there's some great things to come. Very similar to JJ and Keely's investment in Burnley. The difference with Brady and with JJ um, and with Wrexham is that they are really highly uh, emotionally invested in these teams. Um, they've already spoken about that at length and uh, being on the ground in these towns in front of the fans and meeting local people.
0: When the news gets out, how does the community react to that?
1: The community acts a bit like a who? <laughs> I mean, not that obviously isn't the American community or even the NFL community. But think of people in Burnley. When I got there, so many people were like, um, yeah, I didn't know that, who that guy was actually and uh, which is sort of strange to think maybe, but he's been welcomed with open arms. He announced in May that he was going to join the club, him and Keelya, uh, in this kind of well-produced feature video on social media. I just love football.
2: No, no, not that kind. You see, over in these islands here, they play football with their feet, like her.
1: J.J. Watt is described as retired guy, <laughs> not NFL legend, which is interesting.
3: So you want to be Ryan Reynolds? No. Yes,
0: please.
1: But in that, in that video, they speak of this like minority sort of financial investment. We're more along
2: the lines of minority investment, but massive emotional investment. So America, allow us to introduce you to Burnley. And I
1: think that sums them up and people in Burnley get that.
0: So why did they choose to invest? Now, Kilia was a professional soccer player herself, a very successful one. But why did this investment in this club in particular speak to them?
1: So JJ and Kilia Watt actually began their search for a, a soccer club three years ago. JJ loves soccer. He's actually a fan of Chelsea too, Emily.
0: Oh, I know. He, he has <laughs> excellent, impeccable taste. He was the one thing we couldn't buy,
1: though. <laughs> he, um, Like I said, he loves soccer. Um, and he shares that passion with his wife, kelia uh, As you mentioned, is a was a, a brilliant soccer player when she was playing. And they were looking for a soccer club. Um, they looked at a couple, but actually it was earlier this year. He knows a guy uh, who put him in touch with the Burnley owners. And that opportunity came up. And what they found was exactly kind of what they wanted. They found a small town. Um, they found a club that was in the championship slash Premier League. Uh, it's a minority investment, something that they can join without, you know, like he said, in the, even in his announcement video, they don't have the money just to buy a Premier League club. That costs billions, you know, as, as well paid as they both are. I don't think they have quite that kind of capital. But um, yeah, they found a place where they can have minority investment, but maximum uh, emotional investment. Um, and that's kind of what they've got.
2: I'm from Wisconsin, so the Green Bay Packers have a fan base that lives and die with the Green Bay Packers every week. So I kind of explain it to people like that, like it's. A, and the Green Bay is a very small town, so I just say it's a place you would love, and uh, hopefully you can make it there someday. It's one thing I think is how beautiful it was. We
0: we heard it was such a hardworking town and, and a mill town, and. We came and were just struck by it. It it is so pretty and you can just look out in the hills and I think that was one thing we were surprised about.
2: Yeah, I think it's a beautiful place that surprises and then just the kindness and generosity of the people. Every person you talk to is just so caring and wants to help each other out. I mean, I, I truly feel like if you have a flat tire, somebody's gonna come out of their house and help you to fix it.
0: I'm curious about just the details of that minority investment. Like without getting into the numbers, there's only so much influence you can have on the direction of the club. So what type of role with the team will they have?
1: That's a really good point. Uh, everyone at that club has their different roles. Uh, I put this to the pair of them and JJ said, look, I'm not going to be running tactics. <laughs> I'm not going to be telling Vincent Company who to play at centre-back and, and which formation to play. Uh, in the same way, he's not going to be running the balance sheets. Like, he's not um, Alan Pace, is their uh, majority owner. He won't be doing all that stuff, he's not an accountant, he's an NFL legend, but that's what he brings. There's not a
2: single day in the household that Burnley's not spoken about, emailed about, calls about, um, whether it's working on the hats or it's working with Alan on something, or it's a Zoom call with Vince and the staff. There's all sorts of different things going on. She probably thinks I'm a little over-involved, and some of the people at the club probably think I'm a little over-involved, <laughs> but... Uh, no. That's what we, when we signed on, when we were talking to Alan in the very beginning, I said, how involved can we be? And he said,
1: as involved as you possibly want to be. And it's been incredible. They'll both bring this focus on marketing and community, really. Marketing in North America, which is their fame, their brand, how likable they are and how genuine they are, and the ability to put eyeballs on Burnley, as they say. But also in sort of this typical fashion of the Watts, they bring community. Um, you saw what they did with Hurricane Harvey in uh, Texas when they had this incredible fundraising effort and they raised, I might be wrong here, but something like $45 million. But already he's brought to Burnley this sort of fundraising and this community aspect of trying to build, help this town, which does have some poverty still, where it's a working class town in England, but trying to bring some of that um, prosperity and some of the happiness through the football club.
0: Yeah, it does seem everything at the core of what they do is about authenticity and they're really not trying to make this a passive investment. So how have they gone about really understanding that community better and integrating with them and also just getting themselves up to speed on the history and the culture?
1: So frankly, they have done a lot. They have watched videos, they've read books. I think they were watching a video on some match in 1987 on YouTube when Burnley were nearly relegated from the Football League altogether.
3: at the end of it I was cradled with everybody else it was it was absolute knife edge and the relief was absolutely
1: enormous now, this isn't a, a team that's always been good uh, or always been in the Premier League they've had some dark days and they went back into the archives and they have really done their research
2: we read about the history and Jimmy McElroy and you know the cricket stand and all these different things just because that's how you that's if you don't know what's important to these people you can't support them the right way so we have a lot to learn we're not even close yet but uh, today I'm I think we're going to try Hafner's pie, which is a very
1: important thing to Burnley fans. So I'm very excited to try that. As for the sort of research on the town, some of that's been pretty more in person. Uh, they've, they've drank beer at the sort of two main pubs in Burnley, I'd say, which is the Burnley Miners Club and the Royal Deitch. Very, very important research. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, he described himself as research having beers in that pub. <laughs> um, the Royal Deitch is actually named after the manager before company, uh, Sean Deitch. They've had a steak, a sort of meat pies with mushy peas. I know you Americans don't really know meat pies. I think pie to you is like a tart, I guess. Yeah, yeah. so they, they have, they've they had meat pies at uh, local fan zones, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, they've done a lot of research, both on the team and on the town.
0: So Connor, part of the quintessential English football experience is going to the pub before the game. And that's exactly what JJ and Kalia did. Paint me the picture. What does that scene look like?
1: I mean, that scene is... is is so interesting. These English pubs in Burnley are pretty small. They're dark, and on match day they're packed with Burnley fans, uh, and I mean packed. Like I, I walked with JJ and Keely into the Royal Deitch, and I mean the the doorway is like is like JJ what wide and JJ what tall? Like it's no bigger, it's no wider. I still don't know how he got through that doorway with like 10 people in the same sort of passage trying to get past. But he, he did a real pub crawl, like he didn't stay for long because he could, because he had to get back to the stadium for the game. He walked into the Burnley Miners Club uh, and did a, I think he did a, maybe a Jager bomb or maybe it was a Benny and Hart, I'm not sure. And while he's doing that, you know, you've got all these British soccer fans chanting, like Burnley, Burnley, Burnley. And you know, and they're just waving to the crowds. It's a, it's a club that's been on the up this past year where they got promoted and now they're trying to stay in the Premier League and I think they got some of that atmosphere.
0: I was going to ask you what his drink of choice was, but the idea of him doing a Jager bomb <laughs> is going to stick with me for a while.
1: Well, I think uh, picture of J.J. Watt, I don't think it affected him too much. I think he could have done a few more.
0: Fair enough. After the break, why the owner's box may not be ready for J.J. Watt's passion and the outside the box thinking that has close watchers of the Premier League excited about Burnley.
3: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. Well, the good news is, not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more.
0: Okay, Connor, in addition to touring the town with the Watts, you got to sit with them as Burnley opened their season against Manchester City. What is it like watching a professional sporting event with J.J. Watt?
1: Well, it's it's interesting. So their latest trip to Burnley, as you said, there was it's actually their third trip. They went to see Burnley kick off the Premier League season against Manchester City at Turf Moor, And I wasn't sure what to expect. Like, you've got this American NFL legend arriving in this small, little English town. And what would that be like? Well, you can't walk 10 yards in Burnley without someone asking JJ Watt for a selfie. <laughs> like I said, people didn't seem to know who he was when he first joined, and the same with kelia but now they know. And for the game itself, uh, the game did not go well. De Bruyne puts in a second cross, it's deep. Rodri
3: pulls away, and City do score! Harlan's first touch of the new Premier League season finds its way into the back of the Burnley net.
1: But JJ, what's up in the director's box? Like, with his arms outstretched, arguing with re- shame to the referee, like, why didn't you give us this penalty? <laughs> no one else in the director's box is standing up, by the way. It's just JJ with this sort of massive silhouette that he would create demanding respect. And I think that shows what they think about this club.
0: Yeah, did anything else stand out from you from just watching him watch the match?
1: Yeah, just how, I think just how competitive he still is. Obviously, that doesn't die when you when you retire, but... He really cares about Burnley, and the same with Keely, and there's no no getting away from that.
0: You know, you've seen the Watts interact with the club and their supporters. You've also listened to them outline their vision for what they can make out of this investment. So kind of just explain to me, what can the Watts and their celebrity provide to this club that maybe an average investor just with deep pockets could not?
1: Well, what they can provide with this club is themselves. They're well-known they're genuine they have uh, a massive following already but also they have a following that maybe isn't already following burnley domestically anyone who's going to support burnley basically already does if they think east of themselves is leeds south is manchester these are two massive clubs around them is this heartland of british football they can't grow any bigger in the uk but they can grow globally they're a premier league club they've got like a billion eyes on them every week when they play why can't they grow globally? With someone like JJ Watt, they can grow in the US. They've become a major name. I mean, everyone's stunned that Wrexham has managed to have this great story. And with Burnley, who knows? Maybe they can do the same thing. Not all uh, British soccer clubs necessarily think outside the box. This isn't an industry that is known for inviting new things in. Burnley recently have done that. Like I said, they appointed company when his managerial record was good, but not outstanding. They've brought on jj watt an nfl player to sort of be a, a powerhouse of their branding and then the other week they brought on dude perfect who are this uh, as you all know this like youtube sensation trick shot stars they become the first youtubers to invest in a professional soccer club that is interesting dude perfect bring a love for soccer they they do love the sport but they also bring uh, a knowledge of publishing most of their audiences are below 18. they've got 60 million subscribers their subscriber base is like four times bigger than any football club in the world. Barcelona has like 15 million maybe. So Dude Perfect bring this sort of publishing platform, which by extension to Burnley, is massive for this club. So on the pitch, they're fairly progressive and exciting, but off the pitch, they're willing to think outside of the box and and maybe that is interesting and can bring results too. But I would like to say as well, JJ said, that it doesn't matter what they do um, in the boardroom. It doesn't matter what they do to put eyes on Burnley or what well, he tells Vince Company about the NFL. What really matters is how this club performs on the pitch. It needs to stay in the Premier League. And, and at the end of the day, that is the end.
0: Well, you hit on an interesting point because I think this is kind of becoming this cultural phenomenon of us over here in the States understanding the power, finally, of English football. We've seen other athletes in America, get more involved with English soccer. I guess my question is, why now? Like, Why are they getting involved now? And what took them so long?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, I think you could put it down to a few things. British football is pretty unique. So there's 92 clubs between the Premier League and the Football League, sort of professional clubs. No other league in the world has that, let alone sports worldwide. And that's interesting for a couple of reasons. One is that these smaller clubs that are professional they don't cost so much. And the structure they're in, this relegation and promotion, means that clubs aren't as expensive as they are, say, in the NFL. Even that it goes for some of the biggest clubs. And that's interesting because it means that people like J.J. Watt or Tom Brady or... By the way, Malcolm Jenkins is an investor in Burnley as well. J.J. Watt's not even the first NFL player to be there. But it means that they can reasonably invest some of the money they actually have because these aren't you know, billionaire investors all the time. And that's for a couple of reasons. There's profit. I mean, I think there's a financial side to this, that these clubs can get promoted. They can be bigger, and particularly in the US. But also, it's a great story. Like, it's fun. Um, Being involved in British soccer is unique to a lot of things. And particularly in America, you don't quite get the same, maybe, environment of small team and how much this really matters.
0: I'm curious. You know, I know it wasn't as big of a deal in the UK, but during the pandemic, this massive Apple TV series came out. Ted Lasso, and Americans were obsessed with it. Do you think there's any Ted Lasso effect here?
1: I don't know. I mean, soccer is massive in the US, as we all know. But maybe there's still quite a bit of room to grow. and Maybe that's what Ted Lasso has kind of done and helped enhance. So, yeah, maybe it is jumping on that bandwagon. Maybe this is just pushing that bandwagon further down the road. Uh, Thinking JJ Watt in Burnley, Tom Brady in Birmingham. This is some of the fans that have got involved in soccer through Ted Lasso Now looking for a team. Well, you know, here are the Watts saying support Burnley.
0: Sure. So this was a scripted TV series. We'd see them go from last place to first place in this dramatic finish. Um, And it would be super exciting, galvanize the town and save jobs and make everybody happy and go home in a fairy tale. What are more realistic expectations for what this first season for Burnley is going to be like under the Watts uh, reign?
1: For Burnley, it's about staying in the Premier League this season. That brings money to this town. Like you said, you know, JJ Watt being here isn't this sort of Ted Lasso story, but Burnley being the Premier League does really matter to this town. It protects the investment of the owners and people like JJ. But also, as for JJ, it's why he really wanted to do this after retiring. Like, he wanted to find a way to stay in sports after retiring, and he did that through the boardroom. Well, as a minority owner in Burnley, I think they find this like lasting community and fan base. He had that in the NFL. He can find that in British soccer, maybe. This town has welcomed them with open arms. And if they stay in the Premier League, I can't see why that would change. They really want us to be enjoying our time
2: here, which to me was surprising. Because I I always assumed that they would be very hesitant to welcome us. But the way that they just want us to feel welcome here, and the way that they just want us to make sure we're enjoying our time here, that that surprised me. And I think it speaks to the type of people that live here.
0: Connor, you've been so lovely with such nuanced and detailed answers, but you're on an American program now, so I have to put you through the American media ringer. You're going to need to give me a hot take, Connor. Where does Burnley finish in EPL this year?
1: It's really hard to say because when teams come up, their goal is just to stay up. But sometimes teams go really far. Burnley, as a club and a team that plays attractive football, maybe they can do that. I think they finish maybe 12th out of the 20 teams that are in the league the bottom three go down their goal is just to be above that to be 17th or higher but you know you see teams go quite far before last year we had brentford with this tiny team they went far i think they, they ended up coming in the top 10 maybe Burnley can do the same it'll be a tough ask but 12th is maybe a realistic uh guess but look this club as long as they stay up that is a good season for them i'd say
0: to be fair i think they'd be pretty tough for chelsea this season too
1: Well, Chelsea are finding it tough at any time, so.
0: And we probably have eight times their operating budget.
1: I think it's more than eight.
0: (laughs) All right, don't do the math. I'm not here for math. (laughs) Connor, thank you for your reporting.
1: No worries. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Emily Kaplan. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to
3: you tomorrow.